So I know you guys probably thinking that I forgot about you. No show Monday, Wednesday. Today is Friday, and I'm doing a show. I'll tell you what happened. I brought the computer into Best Buy, total tech member I am, to have the uh, solid state drive, one terabyte of the operating system and all that, my C drive, cloned to a larger solid-state drive. I was going to do it myself, and I checked out all these websites and all these programs, probably downloaded every program I could get for free. So anyways, and I think I actually paid for one, but anyway. So I bring it in on Monday, and I distinctly tell them, you know, or make sure they understand it's not hard. Clone, replace. Okay. Now, again, like I said, keep this in mind, before I brought it to them, I had been on every website I could think, you know, videos, the whole nine yards. So I get the computer back yesterday. And what we do is, is we schedule an appointment next week. I never heard of this before, but apparently, I think it's covering their asses, <laughs> so to speak, uh, against any issues the customer might have, because far and few between really understand you know what's going on when they talk so that being said i understand completely what's going on as they talk so i um bring it home and then um this morning yesterday by the time i got home yeah not doing it so this morning i took on the task plugging everything back in and getting her getting her started up so she starts up and then as i ah, Sorry, I, I dropped them. So as I, uh, looking around and just seeing the desktop to begin with, I notice that all these programs that I had downloaded, numerous, the only programs that weren't affected, I believe, were, say, for instance, the ones that um, came installed on Windows to begin with. Anyway, they're like, um, the icons are missing. Sometimes that happens. You do a reboot, they're back. Anyway, I click on one. It says the path isn't correct. Click on another one. Same thing. Can't find the path. Blah, blah, blah. The path should be the D drive, which is inside the computer. I installed that myself. A 2 terabyte solid state PNY, uh, 2.5 inch. I did that myself. And it was working fine before I brought it to Best Buy. Now... For some reason, I'm getting this message. So, <laughs> reluctantly, I've got to unplug everything, and I get the computer up on my desk here, and I open it up. Well, sure enough, the solid-state drive, the PNY drive, was not plugged back in. So I plug it back in. Right up front, this is like you're not paying attention to details. <laughs> it's a marine thing, I guess. I don't know. So I get it plugged in. I get it all, you know, in the back of it, everything plugged in. And I turn it back on. Sure enough, there's the D drive. So <laughs> I'm formatting the old one terabyte solid state drive. And I'm going to use it for storage. Now, here's what happened. 
as I open up the my computer screen and I get things started between the you know format and the and all that and getting things transferred over I notice that my C drive is only showing half of what it should show in other words it's only showing actually the same number that I had on the one terabyte so here's the thing I think they missed a step which is kind of like cloning 101 you would think that somebody from Geek Squad at Best Buy would this would be like you know second nature to them one of the things I learned when I was watching videos about doing a cloning process hang on the cat wants in hi Grace Meow. Meow. Um, is that when you clone and you're cloning from smaller to larger, now pay attention because you may, you may do this and, you know, this way you'll know. When you clone from smaller to larger, you have to specify not to partition the drive. It's a, it's a, it's a decision you can make. Not to partition the new drive. You want to use the entire drive. Therefore, it will not break the drive up into different sections. It'll be one drive, one complete drive. He didn't do it. And that's why I have four or five different partitions on the new drive. I got an appointment with him. Monday, 1020, we'll be talking about this damn straight. Anyways, that's my, that's my thing for this morning or this show. I don't even know what I'm calling this show, everybody. I'll be honest with you. I haven't got that part. I put the show together, lickety split. Where's it? Okay, here it is. Now, oh, are we there yet? Because remember I had the show, um, when we all get there. And this one is called, Are We There Yet? And I'm going to scroll up to get back to the beginning. I saw this on uh, my... Uh, bleh, man, I'm just having trouble. I saw this on my Facebook page from a user, and I, I thought it was very, very, very pertinent. I, and I've been saying this sort of thing all the time. And I quote, If there were ever a time that the world needed Christian men to embody the flipping tables over in the temple kind of Jesus energy, it would be right now. <laughs> Amen to that. So for those of you that don't know what the flipping tables over in the temple meant, when Jesus went into Jerusalem uh, one time on an occasion, and he went in, went to the temple, and there were it wasn't uncommon to find people buying and selling, you know, the doves that they needed for sacrifice, the lamb, the whole nine yards. And it was the kind of process where you would have to take your secular money and exchange it for temple coins. And the exchange rate was never even. That's, that's up front. So... But what Jesus sees is this. He not only sees this large, larger than should be uh, entrepreneur, not entrepreneur, you know, this marketplace going on, but there, the way, 
okay, just <laughs> the way the temple was set up was there were different sections for different peoples, men, women, uh, Jews, non-Jews, blah, blah, blah. And it was a ginormous courtyard that was part of the temple compound. And what had taken place was not only did they have this marketplace set up, but they were allowing individuals who had no right to be on a particular part of the property in the compound using the, the temple as a shortcut to the, you know, to get to the other side. Jesus went nuts. <laughs> he went ballistic on them. And he started flipping tables over and he had a cord whip and he was whopping on them. He wasn't having it. He wasn't having it. So he makes the comment, this will be a house of prayer. You've turned it into a den of thieves and so forth and so on. So that's where that flipping tables comes over. So the point is, this is about as powerful a statement as you can get. You know, no more of this, I don't know, even know how to describe it, this this niceness that we seem to think we have to portray all the time. See, I always had trouble with that. And I, I wondered through the Lord many times, Lord, why do I have this attitude about these things? And why am I so, you know, um, dead set and, and so forth and so on? And one of my pastors one time back when I lived in New York made the comment to um, my wife that there's a spectrum and on that spectrum, in the, and on this side of the spectrum, you have the, you know, the apostles, the disciples, people like that. And these people show great compassion and caring and so forth when they're evangelizing or just in their lifestyle. Then at the other end of the spectrum, way at the other end, you have the prophet. Mike's in that category. It's not that the prophets didn't care. It's not that they didn't have a heart. Because God knows the whole, the whole reason probably they became a prophet was because God saw their heart. Like he, you know, he knew and saw the heart of David. So he, he gave them his word because he knew that they would diligently stand by what God told them. So that, I guess that's where I am. So to me, the idea of flipping tables over, that's a no-brainer. Shut Silas! My dog's barking for no reason. So anyways, sorry about that. <laughs> that's where I'm coming from. And that's why a lot of times on this show, you may hear me be very coarse and very uncaring. I tried to be the nice guy, but I can't. It's not me, you know? And that's one of the gifts, I guess, that God saw in me that my character, my attitude would, would take on this kind of a, you know, a calling or whatever you want to call it, an attitude and a feeling towards and so forth and so on. And that's just where it's at. <laughs> so if I sometimes seem like I don't care, no, I care. But, <laughs> you know, I still got to tell you. So the feds, this is really going to get into the show. The feds, <laughs> the feds, okay. This laptop scandal with Biden, Hunter Biden, the son of the guy, um, this is more... <laughs> this, well, it's... Hang on, folks. Don't mess with that dog. You understand me? I catch it again, it's going to be pay time. You understand? 
if you heard any of that, <laughs> my grandson lives with us. He was sleeping when I started the show. Now he's since woke up. And <laughs> I love this kid. I really do. But, you know, it's a typical six-year-old boy stuff. He gets the dog riled up, and the dog's out there barking. And my wife is still sleeping. She's not going to be <laughs> in a good mood if she gets woken up by that dog. So I went and told the grandson... I'm not having it because next time is pay time. Anyway, so I was saying about the Hunter Biden laptop. And I probably, a lot of you people right now, <laughs> sorry, just for a minute, may be going, oh my gosh, he's going to spank him or something like that. That's terrible. Flipping tables, people. Flipping tables. Anyways, this laptop is a bigger thing than, you know, you, you may have known. So, an Independence Day, so on the 4th of July, there was an injunction freezing federal government-led speech policing. So, break it down. Biden <laughs> decides he wants to sidestep the freedom of speech and make certain kinds of speech illegal. And also, not allowing that kind of speech to be broadcast or post it on Facebook or Twitter or anything else like that. Well, this certain judge, uh, Terry Doty, she heaped a, a real particular scorn on the FBI for its interference in the 2020 presidential election. Namely, according to her, it's by grooming and deceiving social media companies. Listen now, here's the kick into suppressing the New York Post's Hunter Biden laptop story. Folks, <laughs> it can't get any, you know, more clear than this, okay? The FBI, the Department of Justice, the IRS, the whole damn bunch of them are big state, one world, you know, obstructionists. And they'll do anything and everything in their power, which is illegally gotten by Biden, through Biden, Okay, so, and, and that's where it starts, people. I know each one of these committees and departments, they have their own person in charge and so forth and whatnot. But let me tell you something, my friends. These kinds of ish, these kinds of rules and laws, they come from the top. All right? So, in a broader context, this government-driven effort to suppress not only the Hunter Biden laptop story, but our responses or thoughts and things like that, that didn't we find it weird that Facebook didn't get it up when we posted it? So anyways, this should be firmly understood. This is, understand this now, try to stay on it. One leg, this is only one part of the pie. Okay, let's get away from the leg. One part of the pie of a long-running campaign by the U.S. security state, and so the Department of Justice, so forth and so on, to protect the Bidens, and they're doing this by obstructing investigations into their alleged corruption, and most probably criminal acts, and they're covering themselves through covering up the obstruction. This is no, 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 no. This is America. This is America, USA, USA. 
freedom of speech. I think people have forgotten because it's been so politicized and whatnot, the immigration. People come to this country because we offer them something they can never get where they came from. No matter how close it comes, they never get it, okay? And that's freedom. That's opportunity. That's, you know, all of that. But they've made it such a political thing. Oh, it's about politics. It's because they're this... No, no, not at all. No, it's about the law, okay? So anyway... This is just one more example, moving along. So now we have documents, bombshell, I guess, documents that prove, based on this last story, Facebook and Instagram, at least, censored Americans for, (laughs) how many of you got these? Misinformation. Our squad of, of Nazi thugs have decided that your posting is misinformation and it's unfounded. <laughs> My wife gets it all the time. I so far I well, I've got a couple of them, but she's actually she's been put in Facebook jail several times. I've never got that far, and I don't know how I get away with it, but I do. Anyways, and this is all pressure from the White House. Again, you have got to understand the chain of command, and the chain of command says this kind of crap comes from the top. So the Biden administration, no doubt, it, they have the documents, abused its powers, and they abused their powers to coerce Facebook and Twitter and the like to censor Americans. Now that, according is uh, Republican Jim Jordan said that. And apparently, <laughs> they, they have the evidence. There's no, no, no doubt about it. They got emails that are backing this all up. Documents from wherever they got them. All right? And now, because of this, they're suspending the markup on Zuckerberg's contempt of Congress charge. So, <laughs> for now, <laughs> anyways, but he ain't out of hot water yet. So, you know, these documents prove that this went on. This, this was, you know... We, again, come on, really? We have freedom of speech. I don't give a rat to who you are. You know, it's funny how they can scream and yell and holler all kinds of crap, and that's what they do, scream, yell, and holler, because they don't know how to have a conversation, right? Okay, so there's that, right? And they're screaming and yelling and hollering. But when we calmly and respectfully, with facts, answer back, <laughs> then they go ballistic. I kind of like it when they do, though. Be honest with you. Come on, admit it. You like to see them get all red in the face and their neck veins sticking out. Yeah, okay. So, the, the, they just recently acquired the documents. Things are, well, to put it plainly, things are on hold. Because now that they have new information and so forth, so now... They got to figure out, okay, what does this kick it up to? Anyways, Facebook itself produced the documents, and it was because they they threatened Zuckerberg with contempt of court. He's got enough he's got to worry about. So now, Hunter Biden's full plea deal. Remember me talking about this on the last show or so, where Hunter Biden... um, 
had gotten a plea deal, misdemeanor, so forth and so on, um, instead of the felony charge that he should have got. Well, <laughs> you can see the transcript online, but here's the thing. It shows how, not just that they did it, but how his sneaky little lawyers tried to hide, hide the clause giving him blanket immunity in what they're calling a crazy, unprecedented tactic. And, and guess what? It was a female judge smelled around. I, I mean, this is just over and over. He, over and over. He tried to persuade this Delaware judge into approving this generous and, well, okay, unorthodox plea deal without proper scrutiny, and the judge wasn't having it. Oh, no, 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 no. Hang on a minute. We're going to look into this. So there you go. <laughs> Once again, evidence when they point that finger, people, don't worry about it. Let me ask you this real quick. I can't, I found this story, and I, so I, I'm connecting two. So do you remember me reporting that the White House National Security Chief said UFOs are having an impact on our training ranges and need to be treated as a legitimate issue or threat? Well, just a little more on that. Is that the head astronomer at the Mount Graham Observatory, which is in southeast Arizona. I've been there. You can't get to the observatory because it's highly, highly, highly classified within the Vatican. And um, they have lock gates with guards. So you could drive up this really dangerous road up this mountain, which I did, and just to be able to get to see the cave because that's as far as you can go. And, you know, it's, it's a bucket list thing. And so down the mountain we're going. And I remember my Auntie Char in the back seat. I don't care where we go. I don't care how long it takes. As long as it doesn't take longer than off this mountain by sunset. She was just, that's all she kept saying. I got to tell you, it was funny. But anyways, back to what I was saying. So the head astronomer at this um, observatory on Mount Graham, he said pretty much the same thing about being able to see past the myriad of ships that are in the space around us. He said that's outright. And several of them that have had the like a opportunity or whatever, the assignment to be part of this observatory in uh, Arizona on Mount Graham. Now, <laughs> what I'm getting at is this, because you probably don't remember this. Th they have what is being called, or what is called, the most powerful telescope ever developed by man. It, it's cutting-edge technology, way cutting-edge. And the lens, which was manufactured in Europe, I want to say Germany, the lens is referred to as the Lucifer Project. <laughs> the Lucifer Project. Well, what's that all about? It's actually an acronym for, you know, all those letters all stand for a word, and it just happens to spell the word Lucifer. Yeah, I don't think that's a coincidence. Anyway, what this telescope can do is apparently there's light spectrums and so forth and distortions and so forth. When, you know, anybody that's done a look through the binoculars, you can see distortions. Well, 
you know, so this is 10 million times more because it's like 10 million times stronger than a pair of binoculars. And, and so what he's talking about and what has been talked about by others from that observatory is that <laughs> there are so many ships, spaceships, out there in space around the Earth in our orbit, so to speak, that it makes it hard for them to see past them, to be able to see out into deep space, which is what the telescope is used for. That, to me, is like, hello, number one. <laughs> we trying to tell us there, buddy. Anyways, I just find it interesting because now we're having all these, all these, you know, I guess documented experts and former military personnel, and they're all coming up with the same song and dance. Oh, heck yeah, and let me tell you my story. And so they go. And they're in front of Congress right now. There's a committee going on where they're getting all this testimony from these guys. Now remember, it was a retired admiral that had said also, along with the National Security Chief, about the training issue was such... <laughs> well... <laughs> You know, they needed to look at it as a legitimate thing because it's a problem for our fighters. They're going up in their jets trying to do maneuvers and training, and <laughs> sorry, boys, not today. And so ain't that something? I mean, can you imagine? All these years we went without knowing anything, and now they're dumping everything right in our laps, and you got to make sense of that. So that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Never fear, I am here. So Dylan Mulvaney, that douchebag of a human being, has posted a defiant video celebrating 500 days of being a girl. Did you hear that? 500 days of being a girl. Yeah, but you still can stand. <laughs> you get it? You don't need to squat. So you're a girl then, really. And this comes after Anheuser-Busch laid off hundreds of corporate staff following this $20 billion or more transmarketing disaster. I'm not shedding a daggone tear. Not for any of those people. Oh, nay, nay. Happy-go-lucky me as I open my scriptures. So let me remind you the scripture that Paul wrote. How was that for a lead-in? <laughs> Anyways, it just happened by chance. Romans 1, 24 through 32. You know what? I'll wait for you to open your Bible if you have one. Romans is in the New Testament, past the Gospels. It's one of the, I think it goes Romans, or not Romans. <laughs> after the book of John, it goes the book of Acts, and then I think Romans is right after that. But either way, Romans 1, 24 through 32 this is what it says, and this is Paul speaking. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now, you may say, well, who's this creature that I worship? Well, you're in fact, when you get into this lifestyle and live this lifestyle, you're actually 
you know, worshiping the creature or the created creature, Satan or Beelzebub or, you know. So, and th these are the demons that are driving you to do what you do. You know? You get it? This dishonor their own bodies between themselves, that's nothing short of, yep, you get it? Like Mr. Uh, Mulvaney up here? Notice I said Mr. <laughs> Anyways, so Biden, listen to this. This guy's in the news. I'll tell you, he probably don't even know it's him. Who's that guy? That's you, Mr. President. Oh, is Obama here? No, sir, you're president. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I crack myself up. I should be on stage. Anyways, Biden plans. It's so hard to say these with a straight face or no anger. <laughs> but anyways, Biden plans, let's keep moving, to stop grants to states that don't promote baby killing. Do, 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 boom, boom. Glad I gave you time to let that one soak in. So he's being accused, because <laughs> there's evidence, of punishing states that decline to adopt his abortion for all ideology by withholding grants. My friends, my fellow countrymen, this, no big surprise, nothing short of evil tyranny, moving along, moving along, singing a song, Walking in a winter wonderland. Anyway. I want to read you a scripture. I want to read you a scripture. And let me find out what scripture I'm reading to you. I can't remember. I know I've seen it. It said, what did it say? <laughs> Oh, give me a second. It said Isaiah chapter 52. I think it said verse 7. And I want you to really understand that the Lord is talking to Israel here. But again, it's really hard not to think of ourselves individually or, you know, a nation, a world, that could be used in the in place of the name Israel. We have to really pay attention. We have to pay attention. Because the days of Israel's separation, to just make a point, from God. It's secular ways of living, I think, is going to be on the decline very shortly. There's a very conservative government under Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu, that has taken hold. They, they, they won the majority of the votes they needed to, you know, be in power. It, much like the parliament um, in England and so forth, you know, you got the prime minister, but then you still got the queen. And in Israel, you have a king, quote-unquote, or a president, and you have the prime minister, which is Benjamin Netanyahu. Very conservative. And the point is, 
the conservatives are outdoing and outvoting continually the secularists. Now, there's a lot of commotion in the news about Netanyahu taking a power grab against the Supreme Court and so forth. Primarily, those are liberals that didn't vote for him, so they're going to have a gripe to begin with. But what they, what they don't like is that Netanyahu, what he did in this actually watered-down version of the original bill was it has to do with, it's a judicial reform bill, and so the Supreme Court in Israel, if so, is say, for instance, that Netanyahu passed a law, or, you know, the parliament did, that the Supreme Court could say, no, no good, and that was the end of it. There was no proof of evidence, no proof of wrongdoing, no proof of against the law, none of that. What Netanyahu did was made it so that, okay, you want to tell me I can't do this, show me in the law where it says I can't. I don't see anything wrong with that. I'll be honest with you. I really don't. Good luck to Israel. The religion of humanism, it views man as the highest authority, not God, similar to what I just read in Romans, you know, they view themselves as a higher authority than God. In other words, in this religious framework, so you don't necessarily have to identify as a human, you know, somebody that's into the religion, the humanism, as so to speak, but you still fall within the category of certain behaviors of those kinds of people. So you have man's ideas, opinions, beliefs, are all elevated to supersede God and his word. And they see their, you know, ideas, opinions, and beliefs, and whatever, as the supreme authority. That includes their behaviors. This is the religion, hear me now, of sexual humanism. That's what it is. The biggest controversies in our country are numerous, but two just off the top is this transgender garbage and the alphabet soup crowd, you know, the LGBTQs and whatever else. So how is it not sexual humanism? What we have right now is we have complete and total evidence of these false gods that I talked about in another show. We have Baal, who in the early 60s, in 61, I believe, the Ten Commandments were taken out of schools. So there's that. There's the start. Then comes Ishtar. I mean, this is, when one comes, the other comes too. It's, it's a group. It's three of them, actually. You know, like a false trinity, right? So, and she, amongst numerous other things that she does and whatever, um, elevates to the point of almost a religious fervor, sexuality. It's a life-changing event. So in the 60s, we saw this, you know, Freedom from religion, because Baal took care of that. Oh, there's no God you got to worry about or whatever. And then, then we have, you know, the sexualization of our country to a point where, you know, it, it, what it did was it stepped out of the bounds of marriage between a man and a woman when they're married and became something that, well, shoot, why not? And then, of course, you had abortions because guess what? Yep, that's right. Women are getting pregnant, but they don't want them kids. 
1973, Roe versus Wade. So this is what we have going on. This is, you know, reaching the pinnacle. It's not there yet, believe me when I tell you. And we're just, it's just one or a couple of, you know, the main problems that the world is into. The West, in general, <coughs> has abandoned Christianity and replaced it, now get this, with sexual confusion. Do you understand? Sexual confusion because, well, what the heck? All of a sudden, you don't know if you're a boy or a girl. And all of a sudden, you're going to let somebody tell you that God made a mistake when he made you a girl or a boy. This is what they're doing. This is what it's about. This is the fight that's going on, in, you know, in the school boards right now. Whether we kowtow to the government and teach this hypocrisy, this evilness, or if we stand and say, no, not going to do it. You know, when you stand for the Lord, it's not going to be a happy time all the time. Many times you'll stand for the Lord and it'll be a quick over and done with. And, you know, of course, the, the Lord gets the glory and the win, right? We were just a vessel that he did it through. But this is, this is something way bigger than that. Way bigger. And it's not a pretty picture when you confront these people. Like I said in the beginning, that screaming and yelling and hollering with these people... Oh, nine chances out of ten, you're going to get clocked. So you better wear a helmet with a good-sized face mask. <laughs> anyway, this is, this is all part of the fall from grace. This is, you know, the falling away that I've talked about. Here you go, baby. There's that Romans that I just talked about. I mean, think about it. We have drag queen stories in the libraries, right? We have... Well, of course, females identifying as males. And they attack women in restrooms. Because the women, the real women, the ones that, you know, can't stand when they go tinkle, they're not having it. So there's, there's altercate, or uh, alterate, uh, altercation, uh, whatever. There's fist flight. <laughs> and now they want to codify marriage the new marriage, homosexual marriage, into U.S. law. This, <laughs> this is nothing short of what I've been warning you about, what I've been telling you is coming. I know a lot of you are scratching your head still going, geez, how did this happen? Well, you know what? Hopefully you're awake now and you're ready to get something done. Because all these things I'm talking about that have changed so drastically, in the past they were a blessing from God. And he blessed them. God blessed marriages. God blessed people who had a family. God blessed all those things. But not the way they've made it today. Oh, no, 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 no. People, you got to heed the warning signs. Which is a lot of what my show is about. If not all of it. You got to, you know, let me ask you a question. Would you just shake off the symptoms of a heart attack? Would you? Or would you not second-guess that one and call an ambulance? Or like, like something less, kind of less severe, diabetes. Say you were diagnosed as having diabetes. I'm sure you take your medicine. If you want to live, 
Well, then I ask you this question. <laughs> Why then do you ignore the warning signs from God? We're warned in God's word, straight up, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And to be honest, most Christians, uh, you know what? Sad to say, they don't have any idea what that really means. None. And this is the word of God. This is a scripture they should come across <laughs> numerous times. Okay? But they don't have a clue. Clueless. And for the most part, what they're being taught in their churches is, you know, there's the devil, the adversary, and that he actively opposes the will of God. So we're talking about the good angel, bad angel on your shoulder shit? Excuse me. <laughs> Come on. What in the Sam Hill are you sitting in the church just sitting on that? Don't you want to know more? Isn't there a desire? You know what? Actually, I know there's a desire inside you to learn and know more, to grow closer and closer to God each and every day. You know what the problem is? You're suppressing that. You are. You are allowing that other angel <laughs> to suppress it. Whatever way, however, doesn't matter. But it's suppressed. La-di-da, tiptoe through the tulips. You know. It is a conspiracy. I'm not going to lie to you. But it's not the conspiracy... <laughs> that I talked about earlier, you know, with Biden and his whatever. Department of Justice stuff and everything. This is, this is a conspiracy, not the ones that they want you to think about, but the ones that God warns you about. In Psalm 2, God says, the kings of this world and, goes on, they conspire against the Lord and his anointed. Go ahead and read it. Psalms 2. Write it down. You can get to it later. All right? Or pause the show and get to it now. Whatever you want to do. There's no doubt. We, yeah, we got, you know, you want to call it a conspiracy? But this is not a theory. This is Satan, Beelzebub, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, and his minions, as I've called them so many times, are, you know, full-time throttled down to undermine the authority of Jesus in this natural, secular world. You see, that's what it's all about. This is Satan's world. This is his, okay? When Jesus was tempted by Satan in the desert, the wilderness, whatever, and the devil showed him all the kingdoms of the world, past, present, at that time, and future. And said to him, if you worship me, I'll give you all this. Number one, Jesus is already ruler over all that. Okay? He's the king of kings, the lord of lords, the prince of peace, the only begotten son of God, before he even came down to earth. So, <laughs> that's a moot point there, Lucifer. But what was interesting about that? and I, I thought, you know, this didn't come to my mind till years later, was that Jesus never debated him on that, in that he didn't say, it's not yours to give in the first place, so how can you offer it? He didn't say that, because it is Satan's to give. And he says in that very interaction he has with Jesus, it's mine to give to whom I please. 
These are the weapons that he uses to deceive the world. He uses the world against itself. And the world, well, yeah, consists of people. Okay, yep. So therefore, the deception is global. The world. But the problem is people of the world don't have to listen to it. They don't have to get in the middle of that war and find themselves with no ammunition or no way out. It's for dominion and control of the world. The battleground, now listen, the battleground is the mind. Let me see if I can multitask real quick because Paul says the greatest battlefield um, is the mind. That, that, that came from him. And Jesus kind of references, you know, the mind when he says that if you even think the thought, you as much as committed the sin. Oh, come on. You know, I noticed something on <laughs> Google search. Um, I used to get more relevant to my question or whatever. But lately, it's been like, you know, um, just a whole bunch of other options. Paul says in Romans 12 too, that, you know what, go back to Romans, right? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Jesus, or John says in 1 John 4, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And, and they supposedly confess Jesus Christ, but it's all lip service. So we are little children of God. We are called to be ambassadors, all right? We are called to, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians, cast down imaginations and anything and everything high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. These are all right there in the Bible, folks. It's not something I'm telling you and there's no way you can find out for yourself. We are the target. Our souls are the prize. That's, that's how it works. Put away everything and anything you ever thought about that whole situation. You know, good devils, bad devils, and all this kind of stuff. We are the target. You know, you ever want, you ever have that feeling where you want to mean something to somebody? Well, let me tell you something. As an unsaved individual, you mean everything to these guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing when you become a child of God. You mean everything to God. Well, as a non-child of God, you mean every, everything to these demons. That's why they call it spiritual warfare. You see, everybody, Jesus is the truth. He says that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father except through me. How can it be any plainer than that? And Satan, well, is the father of lies. Jesus says that. Jesus says it. So 
In fact, he says to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, you're a bunch of liars, but then again, I'm not surprised because you are of the father of lies. They weren't happy. That's why it's called spiritual warfare. Because it's not a war of natural means. Not like we see on TV, whatever. You know, I mean, you get it. The, the, you know, whoever controls the spiritual realm controls the world. The natural world. The one that human beings occupy. This world here. All right? The, the initial battle is over our thoughts and that's why Jesus warned us to take every thought captive. And all bad thinking, well, it leads to bad results. That's a no-brainer. And lies bring what? Bondage. So the opposite of that is truth, which brings freedom. But in the end, listen, never forget, all behavior begins as a thought. You know what you, you understand? That's why you have a conscience that God gave it, gave it to us as bumpers in the ditch, so to speak. The means to which, you know, or the way we can bounce back and, and, and get on track before yielding to some crazy thought. Yeah, we might have done a sin or something when we, you know, fell off the track. That's why we fell off the track, right? Because we not only thought of the sin, but we were pursuing it. Those are forgivable. Those are forgivable. Remember, the unpardonable sin is disbelief. So, our conscience is our mental immune system. He loves Satan to destroy our conscience. So by keeping you in a life of sin and keeping you in believing false truths and so forth, he's reconditioning your mind. And he's actually in the process destroying your conscience. Jesus says they have their conscience seared because they're so steeped in sin. They're, they can't conceive of any other way. It doesn't make any sense to them. The wicked one, folks, <laughs> he lies, he cheats, he steals, plants these wrong thoughts in our mind. And all of them together, or each one individual, is designed for nothing short of throwing you in the ditch of life and trying to keep you there. But again, you know, we got the conscience not only of, you know, the world, because we live in the world, but as believers, we have the conscience of Christ who gets his through God. You know, it's all the same. It's all connected. So just try to keep that in mind. You know, and, and, and remember, you're not fighting on your own, and you're not fighting with no means of, uh, you know, defending or protecting yourself. Moving along, there's a deception going on, as well as the ones I've spoken of, on a, on a global scale, folks. Global scale. We have what's called the abomination of desolation. I think it's very possible that AI, um, artificial intelligence, um, hybridization, cloning, 
and holograms. The ability to produce a hologram so real, I'm telling you, you can't, you can't, is it real? You know, it's like the old commercial. Is it live or is it Memorex? So, it says when you see the abomination of desolation in uh, Daniel, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the leader understand. So Jesus says that in Matthew 24. All right? In 2 Thessalonians, is we also, you know, committing, about committing an abomination of desolation. These acts that are going to be by the man of sin, the son of perdition, the Antichrist, always remember, are going to be against God. Okay? Whether it's misleading and deceiving the people, um, taking his place on a throne that he has no right to, and declaring himself to be greater and more than God, yeah, um, that's not going to work out so good for him. But here's the thing. These things may, in fact, play out before our eyes. We don't know. Listen to me. We do not know how far into the you know into history or how how long before the rapture or the coming or any of that stuff and we don't know for sure where we fit in how much are we going to see how much are we going to know you understand we had to be here for the lord to declare a falling away through his apostles right so we knew we had to be here for that. Why would it matter? It matters because there can't be a falling away if we're not here, you know, Christians. But so in other words, when, when we see these things that start to develop, so Jesus says here to Daniel, you know, when you see the abomination of desolation, so forth and so on. Now, some people believe that Antiochus the fourth of Epiphanes was the abomination because he actually sacrificed a pig in the Jerusalem temple at its off at its altar all right and this these acts of defiance against god in the committal it, you know it's evil and everything but what's going to come here shortly is way beyond i think anybody's ability to comprehend that kind of evil but you see this this man of sin, he's going to be, well, Satan incarnate, just like Jesus was God incarnate. See, it's all, you know, it's all about mirror imaging, right? All this stuff has happened before, but now it's going to be at a level and intensity never before. Has it been? And it won't ever be again. And this is why we need, we need, listen to me, be very careful and scripturally inclined. In Revelations 13 it says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Baby, that's hologram 101 right there. I'm not saying that's how it's, it's going to be, but 
that's that's the technology that's there now. This is the same kind of bow down and worship that Daniel encountered when he was, you know, in um, Babylon, which is modern day Iraq. And they wouldn't bow to the beast. So guess what happened to them? Or to the image of the emperor. So guess what happened to them? Into the fiery furnace they went. Talked about that the other day. But they weren't killed by it. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to finish, I think, by telling you, first off, just remember something. In Revelations 14, it says, and in uh, 9 through 11, and the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, now listen here, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. Without mixture means it's not diluted. So this is undiluted, raw wrath of God. And this individual who succumbs to this world order in taking this mark and so forth will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. That's talking about where you're going to spend eternity, which is not a good place. It says that the smoke from that furnace ascends forever and ever, and there's no rest day or night, none, for those who worship the beast in his image and whosoever receives the mark. I don't think it could be any clearer. I don't think the consequences could be any more clear than, you know, what's going to happen if you decide not to accept the Lord Jesus as your Savior. If you decide to remain in a sin, or, you know, multiple sins, right? whole bunch of them. If you decide to remain, quote-unquote, in the world. And the greatest sin of all, if you are so inclined to continue being a non-believer, this is your end. But it doesn't have to be that way. And I'm talking to you from my heart. It doesn't have to be that way. Thank you for listening. God bless everybody. Glad to be back. Talk to you soon. So long.